Hi, I'm Quentin D'Souza, and you're listening to Get Real Wealthy. Create wealth, freedom, and security through real estate investing. Make sure to check out GetRealWealthy.com. In this episode, we cover leveraging the equity in your property to buy more investment properties. Have a listen. Hello. Hey, I'm it. How's it going? Hi, Jinder. How are you? I'm hey. good. I'm good. All right. Well, it's good to see you again. We saw, I saw you uh, yesterday at the beginner call. And um, I, I think I have a little bit of a sense of, of who you are and what you've been doing. If you can describe a little bit about your um, your journey to date, that would be great. Like in real estate investing, you said that you have uh, you have two properties and you're looking to purchase your third. So what was your first property like? And I know your second property so, is principal residence, right? Correct. So first property I got, uh, I stayed in there for five years. Mm-hmm. And then remove the equity and went to the second property, which is the principal residence now. Okay. So your first property is a rental property now? Rental now, yeah. So where is the property located? Uh, that's in Milton. In Milton. And um, what kind of uh, property is it? So that one uh, is a townhouse. It's a townhouse. Okay. So it's a townhouse now that you've rented. Um, and does it is it cash flow positive or negative? Right now it's negative because I just started. So I'm very uh, early stages of uh, investing. Actually, I just started doing it. Uh, uh, I think uh, just started it this year, January. <laughs> so okay. yeah. you know, it's good to start wherever you are, yeah. where you are, and what, it's more important that you started than anything else. Yeah. <laughs> So you 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 have a property that you've basically taken all the equity out to use to purchase your principal residence, but you're renting out the old property. What are you renting it at right now? So is that uh, around two thousand five hundred? Two thousand five hundred. And what? Why is it negative? Is it because the mortgage amount is high, or what else? Like, uh, what are your your numbers on it? So Quentin, uh, my numbers are like pretty much like HVAC and and uh, so HVAC and uh, uh, property tax are a bit of like a couple of hundred dollars low, so around two hundred to three hundred dollars uh, per month negative. So it's not uh, bad. But are you, are you charging plus utilities or inclusive? So obviously, um, what do we call the <clears throat> the HVAC? So. Um, HVAC and my water heater, they were on rental actually. Okay. So, so I'm carrying that rental to me. The yeah. And then also property tax, I'm I'm uh, paying. Yep. And insurance, right? And uh, home insurance, correct. Okay. And the other utilities, they are paying, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Those are all fine. Um, and what's the current uh, interest rate that you're paying on that property? For that one, I'm paying around 1.85 variable. Wow, that's amazing. A 30-year amortization or no? Yeah. Okay, so you, you've got a good interest rate. You've got a um, uh, good amortization on it. Um, right. and, and you're still negative cash flow because of the, I'm assuming because of the, the, the size of the mortgage, right? Right. And again, I'm a first-time uh, renter, uh, renter, renting experience. Okay. So, so I just wanted to join a community like you, which is a growth community, and think forward 
uh, when I'm stabilized in my first rental experience, right? <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. No, that's good. Uh, and you know, uh, you're, you've accessed the equity and you've used that to purchase your principal residence, which is fine. You turn the old one into a, a, a rental, right? And um, so one of the things that I, like, I think that that's a great strategy. I just, sometimes I like, um, it makes more sense to access the equity and uh, by selling the asset, because it's a principal residence, you're not taxed on it, right? Now, from the point of when you purchased, uh, when you turned it into a rental, it becomes taxed. So you want to make sure that you, you talk to your accountant and make sure that you cap when it turned from a principal residence to a rental property. Otherwise, you're going to lose that tax advantage, right? So I should talk with my accountant, you're saying? Like, yeah. uh yeah, because a principal residence in Canada is right now, it's currently like you don't get taxed on the the equity when you sell. But now that you've converted it into a rental, yeah. you've changed it. So now that equity that you make in that is a capital gains and it's right. taxed. Okay. So you need to make sure that you clarify that with your accountant so that you can take advantage of when it was a principal residence so that you don't lose all of that, right? Makes sense, yeah. So sometimes it makes more sense to sell a property as a principal residence, take the funds, put it into the new principal residence and use the balance of the funds to invest, right? Uh -huh. Because you're not, this is... In Canada, that's really the only tax advantage we have is our principal residence. That's it. So that's why it may make sense to do that. Um, you've already done what you've done, which is fine. Uh, but I just want you to be aware of that and make sure you talk to your accountant because you've changed the tax. The uh, you know, I'm not an accountant. Yeah, no, <laughs> but, for sure. Yeah. But I, I'm very. I, I I know that this happens, and I've seen it again and again. Right. So be so careful. This is not a good strategy, you mean? Like, uh, no, it's not that it's not a good strategy. You've already done it, so it doesn't doesn't <laughs> whether it's good or bad. It you've done it, okay? So the key is is that just make sure that you're thinking about like um, the tax position of it. You can always go back and sell it later on. Just make sure that you don't get yeah. You only get taxed on what the value increase, not while it was a principal residence, okay? Because otherwise, you're going to get a big tax bill that you shouldn't get. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. The, the next piece is that uh, you need access to funds in order to purchase your next uh, property. Right. And we've That's talked right. a little bit about this before. Um, tell me a little bit about your like your current position. How, how much do you have available in your HELOC? Do you have any other um, access to lines of credit? And I'm going to say some things that may make you feel a bit uncomfortable. Don't worry about it. Uh, don't get offended. It's just the way I am. <laughs> I'm pretty direct. OK, yeah, I, I have to say that because. I, you know, sometimes I'm a little bit too direct and people get offended. So don't, don't no, worry. No, no, no. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So tell me a little bit about what, what access you have right now and your, um, you know, the line of credit. So uh, I, I guess uh, my, so I have a couple of uh, funds and uh, so line of credit, as I said, I only with one bank, right? It's just one bank, which is, uh, uh, which is my mortgage bank, right? Um, and that is like around 30 grand, 
line of credit, unsecured, right? But I can increase that to, I think, 50 or something. I don't know. Like, I'm going to call them and say that uh, increase my line of credit. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, obviously, ask uh, to other institutions, as you were suggesting last night, Yeah. that uh, increase my line of credit. We'll not use it, though, yet, because uh, I'm still stabilizing with my second property, like, as a family residence. Uh, HELOC-wise, uh, I got that uh, HELOC from my current primary residence, around 60 grand. Okay. So you have 60 grand available from your current line of, uh, your secure, uns, or a secured line of credit, right. and then 30 um, unsecured, right? And then for on the, rent, the rental property, do you have a secured or unsecured line of credit? So in that case, I just have, uh, uh, I have like around 10 to 15 grand. Uh, on the lower side, uh, as a uh, as a secured line of credit. So the way that you structured that mortgage, it's a HELOC component to it, like a home equity line of credit on the rental property, right? Yeah, on the rental property. So I told my mortgage uh, broker to remove everything, but just give me uh, ten fifteen thousand to for home repairs or if anything comes up, you know. For wait a minute, you have access to more, and you didn't take it. No, I took all of it. I took all of it. Okay. Equity, all right. Yeah, you took all the equity, but you've you've created a line of credit on the other side so that as you pay down the principal, you're able to access the equity on the rental property, right? That's right. But and equity, on your principal residence. Uh, it's on my principal residence, right? The equity 60 grand is on my principal residence. Okay. And then on your rental property, you have 15 grand, you said. That's right. Yeah. Okay. All right. And these are both um, uh, structured mortgages where you have, uh, as you pay down the principal in both, they become available on the line of credit side, right? Uh, when principal, they be, yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, that's right. So uh, that's a great strategy, especially as you're growing in. There's a lot of different banks that have, you know, that strategy where, or where, where you pay down the principal, it becomes available on the line of credit. And, and then you're, you're also, like we were talking about last night on the, on the call, you can use the Smith maneuver to, to kind of convert it to non, um, from non-deductible debt to deductible debt, right? And that video is posted as well. So you can go and take a look at that after. But I think right now you're really focused on purchasing your next property, right? And one of the things that I um, I want to uh, to reiterate to you is like being able to access lines of credit because you have good credit. And I think as we have we've kind of changed as a society from a a money-based society to a credit-based society. And having good credit is really important, right? And if you can access credit in different ways, you can structure things a little differently, especially if you have, you know, good income that can support it. So you can take, you know, um, unsecured, um, you know, pay down secured. And if that is okay with the bank to use a secured line of credit, you increase your your room and then you're able to access you know perhaps a third property doing it yourself yeah so my, my question before meeting you uh, you was quentin was my thinking was uh, you can borrow money and then put a down payment in a construction project no you can borrow money uh, and and put money down for your down payment as well yeah. So, but but uh, the thing is, as an investor, I should think as a uh, cash flow should be the priority, right? Because you want to make sure that you you're 
the property that you purchase, um, you know, is able to cash flow with all your expenses included in it, right? Um, And that may be your line of credit. It may only be like $50 or $100 cash flow after expenses, but, you know, that's something that you really want to keep in mind. Um, So, uh, and the, the challenge is, is that there's a lot of people that will tell you an investment is, um, just you know, it's about location, and location is important. But it's also more important that you're able to hold the asset and you're not feeding it every month because it it it's cash flow negative. So that rental property out in in Milton is going to be great from an appreciation perspective. I know that it will be, but you're going to feed it every month, and yeah. sometimes you're going to have a big repair, and that's going to come out of your pocket, and that's what we yes. don't want to happen over time. Right. And when you look at my portfolio and um, I've been doing this for a long time, um, you know, I don't have a property that is cash flow negative for a very long time, if if that, um, because I that's the way that I've structured it. I've taken the time to build the portfolio that allows me to each property is a little business. And if a business doesn't make money, what do we call that? Uh, it's uh, it's not a business, actually, then, right? It's a, yeah, that's right. It's not a business, you know. It, it, it's it's a it's a liability, right? It, yeah, it's not yeah that's right. Yeah, that's the word. Yeah. So, um, and, and so every one of my businesses make money, and that's what's important to me. And I, I want to be careful that I don't over leverage that business. I mean, at the beginning, you want you can use leverage. Leverage is a power tool. It helps you to invest in property like you're doing right now, taking it from the rental property and allowing you to buy the principal residence. And now you're going to flip that into a third property. The key for you is make sure that that third property has good cash flow because it's going to help you not only to pay for that third property, but probably your first property that you you turned into a rental. And I'm going to have you look at that property with a different lens. I want you to look at it and see if you can hold on to that that first property for four or five years. Is that going to make sense to you? Or does it make more sense to you to sell that property and turn it into, like if you sold that property, how much equity would you have access to? Well, right now, Quentin, I would have nothing, right? Because I accessed everything, right? You accessed everything in order to pay for your uh, principal residence? Correct. Okay, so you, no, no, but that's not what I'm saying. You would still have 20% down, right? From the, from the like, when you, when you refinance that first property, did you refinance it to 95% loan to value? Uh, I just told my mortgage agent to give me all the, all the equity out, right? Okay. So again, but, uh, nine, yeah, but you're, but that doesn't mean that they went to 100% loan to value. It means that they probably went to 80% loan to value. What's 80%, the value? That's right, 80%, 80%, yeah, yeah, that's what you mean. Okay, now I get it, yeah, okay, that so, I know. All right, so if you did 80% loan to value, what's the value of the townhouse today? Is it a million, is it? Oh, uh, okay, that, that would have increased like 100 grand more, 100 grand more. So what's the value of the townhouse today? That'll be around, uh, I guess, 850. 
850. Okay, so 850,000. I'm thinking that you're probably going to have access to like about 200,000, something like that, right? If you sold that asset. And that what that could have helped you to do is one, pay for one of your properties here, right, which is your principal residence. And then two, it would have helped you um, purchase the a second or even a third property if possible. Okay, now that you're not doing it that way, it's okay. Um, but I, I recognize that from your call yesterday that you said a mortgage broker said you can only do a B lender. And uh, I, I have a problem with people telling me what I can and can't do. And, and you should come up with that same mentality. I, I, I don't take no for an answer. I never give up. And uh, I push hard. And the difference here is if that mortgage broker tell you one answer, I would suggest you go and find a second opinion or a third opinion or a fourth opinion. You know, when I when I have like you can imagine the size of my portfolio, about yes. uh, 34 million in assets under management. And that was the last time I, I uh, looked at my portfolio. It's It's gone up about 25 percent over the last year. But. If you take a look at that, sometimes I have trouble getting mortgages because I have multiple properties, but I don't give up. You know, sometimes I've I've worked and done, you know, portfolio refinance that I like it took me six months to do. Right. And I had to go through three or four lenders. And when I have to go to another lender, it takes me a lot because I have to give all my my um, my mortgage documents, property taxes, all my documentation, all the leases for all the properties. You know, it's 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 uh, it's a lot. So you have to have that same mentality. So you got that opinion from one mortgage broker. Talk to another one. Uh, and, and would you would you suggest feel feel free to go to different mortgage agents like like. You don't They're not going to gonna want me to say this, <laughs> but I, I would suggest you get a second opinion. Yes. Yeah. Right. And I would suggest you go to like the banks and talk to a mobile mortgage specialist and mortgage agents don't like to hear that either. <laughs> but <laughs> but the, the reason why and and I'll tell you my reason why and, and other people will will be for and against it is because if you have a really good mobile mortgage agent or someone who works from the bank, they will deal directly with risk management. And if you're an investor, risk management is all they're thinking about. So, um, but what happens if you have a mortgage broker is a mortgage broker deals with somebody at the bank who deals with uh, risk management. So you have that third party or the, the the party in between. And that's why sometimes it's better if you can find somebody. And I'm I'm happy to to refer you to a couple people that we have in our our, our network. Um and I'll I'll do that. So that, that's fine. So you can talk to I suggest talk to uh, another mortgage uh, uh, broker because they mortgage brokers are great. Like uh, mortgage agents and brokers are great, but they all have different relationships. And you have to remember that not all of them are the same. And they may say that you have to go to a B lender because that's all they can do for you. Okay. Right. right. I get that. No, I right. no, understand that. No. All right. Okay. So you've got a couple of things that you got to work on, right? So uh, one, what do we talk about? The lines of credit piece, right? The lines of credit, yeah. Two, what else are you going to work on? You're going to look at your principal residence and you're going to think about five years from now what that looks like. And does it make sense to make a change on like on that front to free up equity, to put it into different projects that doesn't cost you to carry? Okay. 
Right. And then it has to be cash flow, right? The third one has to be cash flow, right? Yeah. And the third one is to look for a property that cash flows positive, that that carries your the the cost and then pays you every month. A business is something that pays you every month. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a lot. It could be a hundred dollars. It could be two hundred dollars. It just has to pay you and cover its costs, okay? Because what you'll find happens over time, and this could be okay with the Milton project too, is that uh, rents increase. So in five years, that negative two hundred dollars could be neutral, right? It's very possible. But the the challenge is, is in Ontario, you can't kick out tenants. It doesn't work like that. And so even if it did go up $200, there's no guarantee that those tenants are going to leave. And it, it's, it's, it's a challenge with the, the system that we have here. It, it's, um, you know, it's government policy that doesn't really make sense from a business perspective. And it's why, you know, they have not as many rental units as they think, uh, that, or that there are out there. It's partly because of that. But um, in any case, I, I hope that's helped you, you know, those oh, things you're working on. All right. And uh, make sure that you come to those those calls. All right. Yeah. And, and ask questions. Don't be shy. I'm not going to, you know, I'll tell you what it what it what it is and what it isn't. And uh, I, I don't really have an affiliation with anybody or I'm not a, a realtor. I'm not a mortgage broker. Uh, I mean, I, I am an educator and that's what I do. So um, make sure that you, you come to those calls because then you can ask questions and, and it'll help you along your journey. All right. Definitely, Quentin. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And thanks for the tips. Yeah. No problem. All right. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to my conversation with our member. I hope you got some valuable information out of it. If you would like to create wealth, freedom, and security through real estate investing, make sure to check out GetRealWealthy.com. Until next time, I'm Quinton D'Souza. Get out there and take action. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for information purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to GetRealWealthy.com.